0: Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm going to ask you just if you would, would you just put your hands on your heart like this? You're doing, Lord, for the plans that you have for this morning. Now, would you say this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, come on, say it like you mean it. Heavenly Father, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I came today to give you my heart, and so I'm asking you to help me have ears to hear. Eyes to see and a heart to receive from you in Jesus name. Come on, tell that person next to you how good they look. Give them a sincere compliment, and Tell them they look amazing, and you can be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Rebecca. Appreciate it. Man, give Rebecca a hand. This whole worship team is amazing, and I'm telling you, Friday night was spectacular. I just was loving what Jesus did and just having an opportunity to worship him, and, and I, I was just very pleased with our worship team and how they banded together and just turned it into an amazing night. Um, also, who's doing camera? You're doing camera today? She's filming. You're filming, okay, and you're taking pictures. You know, can you give Hannah and Becca a hand because every week they film, (laughs) they film and make sure that we have something that we can post to to YouTube. I don't know if you know it or not, but. for instance, a few weeks ago, Zach preached a great message on being set apart. Uh, Becca preached last week on our identity. It was amazing. It was a great word. Uh, Nicole helped me preach the week before. We talked about shame off you. And so if you, don't have an, if you haven't heard some of these messages and you want to go back and be able to listen, they're on iTunes. You can look up Vision NWA or Vision Church. And then also on YouTube, you can also, the easiest way is to go to our website and everything is right there. You can go out to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, but I wanna say to, hello to the guys that are watching at the Hawkins unit in Wrightsville, Arkansas. We wanna say hi to you guys. And we are so thankful that you are joining with us this morning and I wanna say hi to you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for the waves back, I appreciate it. Lisa, come on. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, man. We need godly people serving in office, and we are so thankful for you. So, if you have your Bible, would you open them up to Matthew chapter six? Matthew chapter six, and I'm going to ask our uh, light guy to do me a favor. I sent you a text, um, but could you would you open up the shades for me? Because it kind of has to do with my message. There's some really cool shades. And they got some stained glass windows in here. I want you guys to be able to see it. It's a little noisy, but praise God. Matthew chapter 6. I want to read a scripture to you this morning in verse 22. Matthew chapter 6. It comes out of verse 21 uh with, you know, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And then it flows into cuz this is all one Uh, all one flow here. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If the eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then it goes on to say, no one can serve two masters and keeps going. But I want to focus on those two verses this morning. in that scripture Because I think a lot of us have given the enemy, given the devil, Satan, another name for him, a voice in different areas of our life, given him a voice maybe in our emotions, in our feelings, you know, given him a voice in different areas. And so because he's had that voice, he's been able to do some things. And so this morning I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit that the word of the Lord needed to be it's time to silence the enemy. Back a long time ago, um, my, my father um, used to take me to the O' Roberts University basketball games. Now, back in the late 70s, man, they had a great team. I mean, the, I, I don't know how far they went, but we listened to them on the radio all the time. And I used to love it whenever they, they would play at a, you know, at, at, at the, the opposing team's stadium, and they would take the free throw shot, you know, everybody's making all the noise, but then they sink the free throw, and what happens? It gets quiet. What did they do? It wasn't the enemy that they silenced. but that's what we're gonna do this morning. Man, we're gonna sink the bucket, and the devil's gonna go, oh, stink. Oh, stink. Like some of you guys at the end of the Arkansas game, you were like, Oh, man, man, we just about got it. We just about did it. But let's go back and look at this first. The lamp of the, you had to bring that up, Phil. No, I didn't, but that was for you. That was for you. The lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. And so it says here that if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So when we look at things that are good, that are godly, guess what? Our body fills up. With light. But then it goes on to say that if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And therefore, if the light that you have is darkness, how great is that darkness? What he's saying here is is if what you're looking at is darkness and that's the light you have, one translation says that's the worst kind of darkness. Now, Nicole and I, we traveled in ministry. We've traveled a lot, and we stayed in a lot of hotels. And in hotels, they have the curtains that are blackout curtains. You've seen those curtains? And so you can sleep during the day. I mean, you just pull those clothes, and it gets nice and dark in there. Well, at night, it's really dark. And if you've stayed in several hotels, and you've been staying in them back-to-back, you go into the hotel, and inevitably, you got to get up in the middle of the night and try to find the bathroom. And you're going, where is the bathroom? And so you have a great opportunity because you don't want to wake the other person up, right? So you keep the lights off, but you have an opportunity that you're going to bump into something and a greater opportunity that you're going to stumble. And so if the only light that you're letting in your life in, through your eyes is darkness, what's going to happen? You have a great opp- greater opportunity that you're going to stumble, that you're going to fall, right? Right? Man. And so this is kind of where I man, I was reading the scripture and I was reading it over and over and over, and I just like to digest the word of God, you know, and just let it really get in me. And and as I was thinking about this scripture, and I was thinking about the devil, you know, I was thinking about who the devil is. The devil is is not an equal to God. Okay? I mean, I, I know we have the old cartoons where you got the you know, the angel on one shoulder and the little devil with the pitchfork on the other shoulder and they're kind of pulling on the emotions. You know, that's a cartoon. Okay, that's not scripture. We have God, all powerful, all knowing. (laughs) I have a hard time saying his name and not getting choked up. I mean, amazing. And then we have a being that he created, an angel, right? At one time and it was an angel that fell so now he's not even an angel status anymore but he fell but the thing that God us, you and I is the ability to create all of you in here are creative you have creative ability you can create in many ways you can create with your hands you can create with your words with your voice you can create in in many ways with prayer you know but the devil doesn't have that ability He doesn't have the ability that we have to create. So he's got to work through a channel. And the channel that he has to work through is you. He tries to work through you. So if our eye is feeding on darkness, it gives him an open door to be able to work. Is that making sense? And so, but if I walk in the light, Phil, how do you walk in the light? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Psalms, the psalmist said that God's word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. I don't know about you, but I am pretty, I like all my lights to work in my vehicle. And if a vehicle has fog lamps, they're going to be on. If the lights are on, fog lamps are on. Why? Because I like to see down here. I like to see what's immediately in front of me, but I like to see way down the road and be able to see what's coming. And that's what the Bible is for us. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And the light of God's word is what gives us vision for life. And that just happens to be this church's slogan. Vision for life. And that's what God's word is. So if you're there, if you're there in Matthew, turn over to John real quick. John chapter 8. I'm going to read to you another verse. Jesus said this, if you can get there fast enough, which you probably can. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so Jesus is that light. And I think, um, I think we've done a disservice in some ways to people that have prayed a prayer. Let me say it this way. Salvation is not merely praying a prayer. It's not. Why? Because Jesus said those that follow mean. So he also said that we deny ourselves, that we take up our cross and we follow him. Back in the seventies, there used to be a guy by the name of Arthur Blessed. He's still alive today. How many of you remember Arthur Blessed, if I'm saying his name right? And he was the one that built the cross, right? He put the wheel on the end of the cross and he started carrying the cross from, from town to town. And he would minister to people. He'd preach the gospel Carrying his cross. Well, that's definitely a physical way to take up your cross and follow him. But I'm not so sure that that was exactly what God was talking about. What he is saying is take up your cross daily and follow me. Where did Jesus take his cross? To Calvary. In fact, he was nailed to it. In fact, he died on it. And so our cross is something that we take and we not only carry it up the hill, but we get to die on it. We can't receive Jesus, pray a prayer to receive Jesus without dying. Does that make sense? I'm not saying we die a physical death, but we die to the old self. We die to the old life. Second Corinthians 5, 17, right? Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I'm living a new life. And so that means I've got to, I've got to die. And so when we get born again, when we truly make Jesus the Lord of our life, we die to self, we die to the things that we want to do, and we live unto him. Glory to God. Let me tell you, darkness can only reign where there is no light. That means where Jesus is not, that's where darkness can be. Man, so let me ask you this. If there's darkness in an area of your life, it's only because Jesus' light has not been allowed to shine in that area. Man, that mean when I when I come to Jesus, he doesn't just want part of me. He wants all of me. I heard this pastor talk about, it and he said, I think when people get baptized, sometimes they hold their wallet up out of the water. This pastor said this. I said, <laughs> like you can have everything except my money, you know. <laughs> but that's not this church, is it? Because light drives out darkness. Let me tell you, I like, I love, you know, I, I do like that about a, a hotel because I do like having blackout curtains and sleeping. I have, a, I have a difficult time taking a nap in the middle of the afternoon unless I close all the blinds because I just, I just want it dark in there. And so we sleep in a dark room, you know? And occasionally, Nicole likes to sleep with the door to the bathroom open because sometimes our dog, he, he gets stare, scared if there's like a, a thunderstorm and he wants to go sleep under my jackets for some reason. But if you leave that bathroom door open, I like to close it because she'll charge her toothbrush. And that light's going, I mean, it's just blinking. And I keep waking up and I look over and I see. So sometimes she doesn't know it. I'll get up out of bed and I'll go close the door so I don't have to look at the toothbrush. But that's what the toothbrush does. The toothbrush drives out darkness. And that's what Jesus' light does. Is it drives, you guys get the point, right? It drives out darkness. Oh, oh, I, I struggle with telling this story. But when Nicole and I, before we started Vision Church, we traveled in ministry for five years with a, with a ministry that uh, we had a walkthrough theater. And, and it presented the gospel. And it was housed in this 20,000 square foot tent. It was a massive air inflated structure. And we would go from city to city to city, and we would take this tent, and, and I'm, it was amazing because literally thousands of people would come through it. We came here to this area three different times, and thousands of people would give their lives to the Lord. At the end, it was a phenomenal thing that God had used. And so as we're traveling, this one time we're in Lakeville, Minnesota. In fact, the director of that ministry, Terry Henshaw, that was the first guy that was preaching on the video. He's coming in November. I'm excited to get to to introduce them to you. Um, But we're in Lakeville, Minnesota, and we've got the production. We're on a parking lot, and man, we're having all kinds of miracles happen. And it was in October, like it is now, and there was a haunted house that opened up about a mile from us on the highway. So we were right off the highway on the access road, and they were a a mile up on the access road. And so Terry, the director, comes to me, and he says, Phil, here he said, I want, you, I want you to go down there to that haunted house, and I want you and Nicole to go through it. I said, Terry, I've never even seen a horror movie. I mean, I, I don't want to walk through a haunted house. I've never been to a haunted house. He said, Phil, it, it'll be okay. He said, but I just want, you know, I want to know how many exit signs they have. Because every, every city we went to, we had to go through permitting. And, I mean, it, it was a process. You know? And he said, I just want you to check it out and tell me about it. I said, I really don't want to do it. But he talked me into it. So we went. And we paid all this money to walk through this haunted house. And within three rooms, I could tell what the entire production was going to be about. It was going to be about you guys screaming and slamming a door or trying to scare me some way. I mean, that was every single room. You got in the room, they sneak up behind you and they scream. And you turn around and go, thank you. You know. And so... Anyway, so we're walking through these rooms and then we get to this long corridor and it's a long and I can't even see in the corridor. It's pitch black. So what do I do? Oh, I pull out my iPhone, man. I got my flashlight on. And as I'm walking down the corridor, I'm because light drives out darkness and I'm walking down the corridor and you can see these guys dressed up You know, in these creature outfits, and they're ducking, they're hiding behind, you know, and they see us coming. And when we get to this point where they're gonna reach out and try and touch me, I'm shining my light in their face. You know, they didn't like me very much at the haunted house. He doesn't, Phil doesn't know how to go through the haunted houses very well. But I'm telling you, that's what the devil does. Man, when you shine the light of Jesus, when you put his light in your life, the word of God. And it permeates you, and it shines out of your lights. And he's going, whoa, whoa, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Man, I remember I I saw this demon-possessed girl one time. And I said, in Jesus' name. She wasn't looking at me until then. And it wasn't her that was looking at me. I mean, she went like this. I'm telling you. The light of Jesus, when it comes out of you, the enemy, he's afraid. And that's what he is most afraid of of the church. He is afraid of us being who God has designed us to be and allowing the light of his presence to flow out of us, to shine out of our eyes, shine out of our hands, shine out of our life and drive the darkness out of people that need to be free. People need to be free. They want to be healed. These signs follow those who believe. I think it's interesting the very first sign is we cast out demons. (laughs) When was the last time we casted a demon out, huh? That's pretty exciting. But the last one is we'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And let me tell you, we've had miracles in this place because we lay hands on the sick. And they get well. Man, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay, let me read another scripture to you. John 12. This was another one that Jesus said. Verse 35, he said, walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Now that's an interesting statement. While you have the light, you need to walk in it. Let me tell you, there is so much resource available. I remember growing up in the 70s and the 80s and I was a guitar player and there was no way to figure a song out except to sit down and listen to it and try to figure out what they are doing. How are they playing that? How are they getting that sound? And so, man, it took a lot of practice. And occasionally I would meet people that knew how to do things and I'd learn from them, but it was a much more difficult way to learn. Now you got YouTube. I can learn my favorite riff inside of five minutes. All I have to do is pull it up on YouTube. But do you know that we have the same access to the word of God? We have the same access to the word. And free means no excuse, doesn't it? Yeah, good word, good word Pastor Phil. I encourage myself. <laughs> so it goes on to say, whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Because, man, when you're in the dark, there is no vision. But let's go back to the eye for a minute. It says the eye... Is the lamp of the body. The eye is the gateway to the soul. So let me ask you a question. If, if I feed on something, then I'm providing a gateway for that to come into my heart. If I feed on porn, give you an example. If I, if I feed on porn, then I'm providing a gateway for perversion to enter my heart. Does that make sense to everybody? That that's exactly what happens but here's what happens if I fix my eyes on Jesus then the enemy has no gateway to be able to come in let me keep let me keep going why because where light shines darkness cannot exist let me tell you something my 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 mom who's here on the front row she would send me to summer camp how many of you went to summer camp when you were a teenager come on Man, I think every Assemblies of God pastor got called at summer camp. I I just, I don't know. I just feel like that probably happened. But when my parents sent me to summer camp, it was amazing because it was a whole week. It's not like the shorter ones that they do now, you know, and, and you would be there all week. And I'm telling you, by the time I came back, I was like the line of the tribe of Judah, man. I wanted to pray for somebody. I mean, I was so on fire and it would frustrate me because I would get back home. And I didn't want the fire to die. And it was like it would begin to fizzle. It would begin to fizzle. I was like, God, what is the problem? How come the fire is fading? Please help me. I didn't want the fire to fade. And the Holy Spirit asked me an interesting question. You know what he asked? What changed? What changed? Did you ever hear the story of the... the, the old couple that was driving down the highway and their pickup in that old country highway and and the husband's sitting where the steering wheel is and the wife's sitting over by the door and they got the windows down it's a beautiful day and they're driving down the highway and another pickup comes the other way and it's a young couple just got married and it looks like one person is driving the truck but it's both of them and he's got his arm around her and she's holding on to him. And they're just, they've got love in their eyes and they, go, they pass him going the other way. Well, the wife reaches over and smacks her husband's shoulder and says, how come we don't do that anymore? And he's just driving and he said, well, I haven't moved. <laughs> okay, well, hold on women before you, before you get mad at me. It takes two to tango, right? Come on, man. Doesn't it? Don't use that steering wheel as an excuse. <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit asked me, what's changed? I said, Lord, my posture. My posture's changed. If I'm feeding nonstop on news, I've got the wrong posture. If I'm I'm flipping through social media so much that my thumbs are cramping up, I've got the wrong posture. Let me say it this way. I loved how Bill Johnson said it. He said, if I have more input from social media than I do from the word of God, my discouragement is self-inflicted. Thank you, Lord, that I get to a place where I can I can say stuff half as cool as Bill Johnson. Let me say it again: If I have more input from social media than the Word of God, my discouragement is self-inflicted. I'm telling you, I feel like so many of us Christians are self-inflicting ourselves. We call it the oh, the enemy's attacking me, the devil's attacking me. Let me tell you, he's got you on a hook, and he has taken the pole and he has put it in a holder. And he's not even paying attention to you. He's looking over at the pole once in a while because he's trying to catch a bigger one. Man. All right, let me keep going. The enemy's success depends on him having a voice. And let me tell you something. His voice is strengthened in darkness. If our eyes are feeding on darkness, his voice is stronger. But if our eyes are feeding on light, his voice is silenced. It's silenced. Thank God. For that man, so I want to give you, I want to give you a few ways. Well, let me. I want to read that scripture again. Go back to Matthew six. I want to read this to you out of the Voice Translation. How many of you guys have heard of the Voice Translation? Wow, nobody raised their hand. So let me read it to you because man, it's it's got a voice. It says this in verse twenty-two: the eye is the lamp of the body. You draw light into your body through your eyes and light shines out to the world through your eyes. So if your eye is well or, or healthy, you could say, and shows you what is true, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is clouded or evil, then your whole body will be filled with evil and dark clouds. And the darkness that takes over the body of a child of God who has gone astray is the deepest, darkest darkness that there is. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, here's what happened. I came back from summer camp, and I, and, I, and I came back to the life that I used to live. I wasn't putting the word in like I did at summer camp. I thought that I could sustain a fire and not put any logs on it to keep it burning. And man, it bothered me. And, that, and, and, and when I realized that, I began to change my appetite. Do you know that you can change your appetite? Yeah. I've proven this out in my, in myself. I didn't think I could because, I mean, I grew up eating one way. But I learned how to change my diet. And if you eat something healthy long enough, your body begins to desire it. Yeah. It's amazing. You can train your body that way. Do you know you can train your spirit the same way? Because you know your spirit is already pulling on you. As I'm talking, your spirit man's pulling on you, isn't it? I don't know why, but ever since I moved to Arkansas, I don't know if it's the climate here, I don't know if it's the weather, what it is, but the Holy Spirit wakes me up at two or three in the morning every single night, doesn't he? And, and here's how I know it's the Holy Spirit. Because as soon as I wake up, can I spend some time with you? Yes, Lord. I wasn't doing anything anyway. <laughs> I was just sleeping. It's all good. I, this morning, that's where I was. Man, I'm in the closet. But then, man, then this, it started to rise up, man. The Spirit of God began to rise up on the inside of me. And it's like I, now, after I've been here three, we moved here in 2017, And three years later, it doesn't even bother me. I'm ready, God. What do you have on your mind? What's disappointing to me is when I pray for an hour and I didn't get anything. God, did I miss you? What happened? Lord, you know, you say, Phil, I couldn't do that, man. I would fall asleep. Well, let me give you another Bill Johnson-ism since I'm a Johnson. Didn't work, but sometimes people call me Bill. It's a big compliment, Really? but let me give you another one you say I I can't do that I fall asleep I, I don't I can't think of a father that doesn't mind his child falling asleep in his arms I know I don't when my when my children were little man I it's it's a it's the hunger level it's the hunger level occasionally we go and we pray for people we find out you know somebody's in the hospital or somebody's at home and we and we do home visits and when we do the visits you know it's always interesting and this happens more frequently than I I, I wish it w- wouldn't as much as it does but you go to visit someone and man you you've been praying on the way there as soon as you found out about it you were asking god lord Man, you have something for this person. I thank you for leading me. Thank you for guiding me. Lord, that you give me the right word to be able to speak to them. You know, And you drive over to their house, You know, and, and I walk in, and the TV's on. And they don't turn the TV off. And, and then it's so loud, I'm trying to talk over the television. There was one guy that I was called. To, I, I, and, and it was a hospital visit. And I went in the hospital, and he's got the TV on. It's pretty loud, you know, for the hospital TV. I could tell he's got it turned way up. And, and he's watching television. I said, man, I just had a word f- from the Lord for you. And, I, you know, I'd give it to him, and I'd say, hey, I want to pray for you. And I would put my hand on him because these signs will follow those who believe. You'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so I put my hand on him, and I began to pray for this guy. And he leaned around me so he could see what was on the television. I just happened to open my eyes to look while I was praying. And I was like, what's the problem? He, he doesn't, he's not valuing what God can do in his life. So, man, that was a question I was faced with. Am I truly valuing God? I was... I, I, I was so blessed because I got to listen to a panel that had all of these amazing ministers. Man, it had, Benny Hinn was there, Bill Johnson was there, uh, Michael Kulianos, you know, there was Daniel Kalinda, there was Todd White, there was all these guys. And they were asking Benny Hinn and and Bill Johnson all these questions. Well, one of the questions that God asked was, was, what about these ministers that fall? What about these ministers that that you know for whatever reason man they they blow it and I was very interested to hear what the answer was going to be and and Benny Hinn it was posed to him and he said well I can give you the answer that Oral Roberts gave me because I, I asked him the same question and I was like oh man can't wait to hear this and he asked Oral Roberts the same question why is it that these men fail sometimes why is it that they fall away from God, after all the years of serving Him, and man, and He said, He said, many ministers pray, leading up to a, to a service where they're going to minister. They spend hours in the Word, hours in prayer. He said, few of them pray after the. begin to ask myself God, am I that person? And I found myself more and more. I get in the closet when I go home. Because man, I, I don't know about you. I don't want to be famous. I just want to be effective. I want God to be able to use me. I want, I want God to be able to flow through me. I want to be an open conduit that God can flow through that he can get to where he needs to get to so, so I'm going to tell you a quick story and then I want to, I want to tell you a couple of things to encourage you in closing. So, uh, when we were on pastoral staff, we were on staff at a church we were assistant pastors at a church down in Austin, Texas. And when we were there, there was this young girl that was in our church and she was a mother of five and she was only 25 years old. So man, she was having babies like, pop, pop, pop. and so she had these kids and, she worked in the medical field. And I find for some people that work in the medical field, that they, they, you know, sometimes they get challenged with healing because they work around it and they see the worst of the worst, you know. And, and I think it's more of a challenge sometimes for them to overcome in their faith and not be moved by what they see, you know. And so I think there's a diligence that has to happen. If, you, you know, if you're going to work in that field, you need to stay up on your faith regarding healing. And so she began to be fearful that someday she would contract cancer and that she would die from it. It was a fear that got in there. And she began to think about it, began to contemplate about it. Well, eventually it happened, came on her. And so she was feeding on darkness. What did the Bible say? That, That your eyes, the eyes that feed on light and it fills the whole body with light, right? Well, she was feeding on the wrong things and it just so happened that her favorite show was Fear Factor. Just, I, you know, I don't think it was the show's, the show as much as that she was feeding on it. I'm not, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not trying to bash that show, but, but it was feeding the fear. And so each of us on the pastoral staff, we all went. And we not only prayed for her, but we encouraged her. Hey, can we get you a CD player in here? Can we get the Bible on audio so you can listen to it? Do you have a Bible? No, I didn't bring it. Can we get your Bible and, so you can start reading your Bible so you can start? We're trying to fill her with light, with God's healing power. And, and we brought the CD player, but she wouldn't listen to it. Brought her her Bible, she wouldn't read it but she wanted to continually keep the TV on, watch her show. Well, she wound up checking out early, passing away. Sickness is a lie when you've been redeemed from it. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law because Jesus became a curse. So we have been delivered from that. And so we have the right to believe God. And, you know, and and I've thought about that over and over. I wonder what would have happened. If she would have began to read the Bible, she would have began to press in to God. If she would have changed her posture. Mm. Wow. So how do we silence the enemy? Let me tell you, you silence fear with faith. Jesus said, do not worry about your life. How do you silence panic? With peace. My favorite scripture, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. And mind through Christ Jesus, the mind where the devil tries to attack. You silence unfaithfulness with trust. Maybe you've been taken advantage of. Maybe people have treated you wrong. They have, they have not done you right. Well, let me tell you, it's time to put your faith in God instead of them. Let's listen to what this scripture says. Second Timothy 2, 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Let me tell you, Jesus is the one that sticks closer than a brother. He said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. What about this? Silence lack with generosity. Man, if you're having an opportunity in your life where lack has struck you unexpectedly, I'm telling you, it's time to exercise generosity. And that's how you come out of it. That's what God did for Nicole and I. We begin to be generous. You say, I don't have much. It's good news for you because you know why when you don't have much the seed is that much more significant that was why the woman that gave her last two pennies her last two minds, that's why she gave more than everybody because her seed was significant she didn't have much that was all she had significance man I'm telling you God has designed this thing so that we can win but you're going to have to speak to your enemy silence them. In Mark chapter 11, it talks about speaking to this mountain and the mountain will be raised up, thrown into the sea. If you have faith, it's time to do some speaking. It's time to do some speaking of your own. Go ahead and stand with me. You remember David? Come on. You remember David? David's facing Goliath. Goliath comes out and he says, I defy the armies of your God. And he starts to curse Israel's God and curse them. And he says, and I defy, I challenge anyone to come out. And David is saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Man, this guy's got a lot of gall coming out here talking like this. Does he know who we are? Does he know our God? And the men are saying, shh, he'll hear you. (laughs) And David gets out there in front of him. And he says the same thing. He begins to call down curses. And what does David say? He says, he goes, wait a minute, pal. <laughs> May not have said it this way, Phil translation. But he said, he said, wait, you come to me with a sword and a spear with natural weapons, but I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. Oh, man, that sends chills down my back. And he said, and you've defied him. And he said, this day, I'll not only cut your head off, but we're gonna cut off the heads of all the Philistine army. Oh man, I'm telling you, he silenced his enemy. He knew who he was. How is it that David was the only one? Where's everybody else? Where's all the other guys? How is it that he knew who he was? David understood his identity, how he had spent time with the king. He'd put another log on the fire, put another log on the fire, put another log on the fire. Come on, we'll put some fire starters underneath there, man. It's so hot, it's turning blue and it's burning. And that's the way God wants us. I'm telling you this morning, it's time to change the posture. It's time to put another log on the fire inside of you. We are supposed to burn for him. Our light is supposed to shine. People see it from a distance. So here's what we're gonna do this morning. Are you ready? Okay, Nicole's ready. Are you ready? Yes. Sure. So you have permission to talk back to me. Just don't smart off at me, you know, I'm good. Just talk, but you can talk back, it's okay. But here's what we're gonna do this morning. I felt compelled to have the worship team sing another song. We're gonna worship some more. I'm so thankful, man, for anointed worship that breaks yokes. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to open this altar. And I want to invite everyone to come and physically change your posture. Because here's what happens. When you physically change your posture, the posture of your heart changes. It does. Phil, I'm uncomfortable with that. Hey, man, I, I can't make you. All right. But let me tell you, God is getting ready to do something here. And I don't want you to miss it. I don't want to miss it either. And so as they sing, I'm going to invite you. Man, let's gather at the altar. Man, let's come and posture ourselves before the Lord. And then I have one more thing I want to do this morning. Zach, go ahead. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.